Good afternoon out there on the internet. If you want to support Tights and Fights, go on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review like Genie Police, who gives us five stars and says, great, funny, and informative. Those are three things that we like to hear about ourselves. If you have any other superlatives you want to toss our way. Is that how you say it? It's not superlative? No, it's not superlative. Super laxative? It's not Suplaxative? It is none of those things. Suplatative? Suplexative? No. Um, Ooh, I like suplexative. Say things about us, nice things, and give us five stars. Thank you. Tights and Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Daniel and this guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Noises, car crash noises. Pod, 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 podcast. Pod, 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 podcast. Pod, 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 podcast. All right. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. Flask in my glory. I'm Danielle Radford. Did you say flask I in your did. glory? That's incredible. Well done, Julian. Wonderful. Of course, the day when I am not drinking at all, I get the best one. It's still in you. It's okay. It, I believe in it. Um, <laughs> I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, the Sing of Sings, Mike Eagle. I like it. I like it. I, I like love it. it. And our special guest, magician, comedian, and host of the podcast Night Attack, it's Brian the Brushwhacker Brushwood. Thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> Ooh, like oh, my God. One. It's so good to be here. Hell yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. And Brian, so uh, before we get into the show, um, we like to, especially with our guests when they're new on the pod, um, we like to kind of get into how you became a fan of the wrestles, um, what some of your earliest memories are. So tell us about your journey as a fan of dudes hitting dudes. So, uh, okay, so this is a, I, I keep going back to this moment. I wonder how much of everything I know about professional wrestling has to do quite simply with a residual halo love of, of Saturday Night Live. Uh, because uh, to me, it was like Saturday Night Live was always what you did on Saturday nights when you're a preteen and a teenager in the mid 80s. Uh, but then, ever so often, it wouldn't be on and there'd be uh, uh, Saturday Night Wrestling. And it was, it was very confusing. Mm-hmm. And there was something so hypnotic about, about this, this, these uh, bizarre characters uh, that would draw me in. And uh, I, I, I followed very, uh, I'd say, uh, uh, pretty regularly from, uh, I don't know, 1985 to early 90s. And then I fell away from it. And then, I realized uh, when I got back to it in, uh, in in the 2000s, almost all of my pro wrestling experience has been through the secondhand storytelling of people who have watched all this stuff live. Because I, I don't, unfortunately, <laughs> have the time to watch anything live, but I absolutely adore hearing the, the distilled version from other people. And it, ah. it, is, it is one of the most wonderful variety art enigmas I've ever seen. Because I don't know, if is it, a, is it a, like a stage hypnosis show where you manufacture a reality and everyone just goes with it? Is it more of a magic trick where there's a big secret that everybody's keeping? Uh, I, I love it as a as a storytelling medium, I love Max Landis's wrestling is a wrestling. I think I, I think weirdly, I love more the stories about wrestling than I do right. actual mm-hmm. wrestling. Yeah, uh, and that's that's interesting too because there's a ton of people if if our uh, if our iTunes comments are be to believe that don't 
watch wrestling from week to week either, but listen to our show and enjoy listening to us talk about it, which <laughs> I think is very strange. But apparently that's how a lot of a lot of people uh, like yourself don't mind hearing or actually are more interested in hearing um, hearing it kind of synthesized in conversation, actually watching the thing itself. Yeah, maybe it's like, like you know, like those tall tales like Johnny Appleseed and Paul Bunyan. Like, it's interesting when you hear other people tell the tale, right. but you don't have to be there to watch that dude plant all them apples. Yeah, you're that right. Sounds that sounds super boring. That sounds like it really sucks. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's like more interesting when it's told, like, you know, stories around a campfire. That reminds me, though, um, and just for everybody, because I use this in my regular life and I put it over before on the podcast and I'll even um, recommend it to you, Brian, if you're into watching... Um, Videos about the meta story around wrestling. There's this great video essay by this guy named Super Eye Patch Wolf on YouTube. What a name! Yeah, and it's um and it's called Why Professional Wrestling Is Fascinating, and uh, they talk about a lot of where the lines blur between what's really real and what's storyline and wrestling, and they end with this awesome retelling of um, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi's story from when it began all the way up until now. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that is a super good one. Um, also, what, what was that dude's name, Mike? Super? Super, super eye patch wolf. Of the Boston super eye patch wolves? Okay, I'm done. Um, so, <laughs> so, Brian, um, so if you are listening to recaps or, or watching recaps or reading them, which promotions uh, are, are you most interested these days? Man, you know what? Wrestling is, and, and, and I, I might, I might say something wrong here. It's exactly like sports. I don't know if it is a sport, uh, but but my enthusiasm for it is directly proportional to the number of people around me that are excited <laughs> about it. So so I, I I survive entirely through osmosis. So you guys guide me through this. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. No, I completely understand because like when I started uh, when I started dating um, my boyfriend, that's the only way that you can say it when you bring your boyfriend up on a podcast. My boyfriend. Mm -hmm. um, so when we started dating, he hadn't been watching wrestling for a while, but just like through being around me, now he's full on in the wrestles again, uh, which I guess I apologize for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we have a pretty big segment that's going to be taking up the second part of our show this week. We're going to keep it a little lighter with the news. So we're going to go around um, and me and Michael talk about what event or which news um, we really loved from wrestling this week. Um, and Brian, since you haven't, it sounds like you haven't really had a chance to catch up on anything this week. No, I'm old and decayed and busted. <laughs> yeah, you're, I, we're you children. Yo, we're all washed here. It's yeah, we're fine. it's a washed podcast. It's fine. <laughs> like it's totally fine. Um, so what we will do is, um, uh, me and Mike, we will we will set the table. Um, we will be the villagers around the campfire, setting setting. Up. Oh, I enjoy this, and we get to explain these stories uh, yes, through yes. the lens yes. of, of explaining them to Brian. This is going to be a lot of fun. I love it. So, Mike, what did you love this week? Aside from, and we'll, I think we're still doing the regular three count, but just uh, I, I I can I can tell you what I don't love. <laughs> yeah, please, please. <laughs> that would be easier. Um. So we all know I'm I'm Mr. Mr. Uh, Babyface and Heel Dynamics. Uh, I, I want the the good guys to be the guys who we the audience think of as good, and I want the bad guys to be the people that we don't like. Um, and so what's happened recently? Um, and I don't know if if because I wasn't here last week, I don't know how much you guys have talked about this. So I'm talking about Bex on Deckerton. No, I'm talking about Braun still. Oh. I'm still talking about Braun because uh -huh. I'm I'm still like it's almost disturbing to me to watch what's happened now and to hear to hear and see the confusion of the audience when um probably the last guy who's really gotten over 
in the last like two or three years is Braun Strowman. Mm. Um, this giant burly character. Yeah, who, speaking of Paul Bunyan. Yeah, exactly. Who managed to get over by destroying people. And they, they did so much over the last six months to a year to like soften that image and, and make him genuinely endearing as a character. And um, yeah, he goes from like fee five fo fum to Jolly Green yeah. over the course of a year. And and we were all genuinely behind him uh, and and rooting him on. And I, I would maybe say was probably one of the most popular baby faces on the roster. And um, and they've turned him into a bad guy in such an unbelievable fashion to me. It's so unbelievable. Okay, oh, yeah, 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 I, I, I'm super, super excited. Talk to oh, we're sitting at the campfire. I got my chocolate milk. <laughs> it's like, like, tell me, tell me the ghost story. Well, okay, so uh, the problem with telling this story is I have to tell you a lot of context. Now, the guy he's currently programmed against is a guy named Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns is a very good-looking man. He's beefy and he's got long black hair and a goatee and he wears like a chest protector that looks like a bulletproof vest kind of a little bit. For no good reason. And he, so uh, uh, picture um, DCEU Aquaman. Yep, that, yep, that okay. Fight. Yeah. Now, for the last part of, a solid part of the last four to five years, uh, the WWE audience has collectively hated this man. And um, the WWE creative team has been staunchly stubborn in making him a good guy. Um, to the point where at, at any one of his uh, triumphant crowning moments, he's been booed out of various buildings. It's been, it's been really crazy to see because this We're never... still talking about Roman Reigns at this yes. point, right? Yes. Um, so what they've done, Roman Reigns recently won the title from a departing Brock Lesnar. And uh, Braun Strowman. Oh, sorry. Uh, Brock Lesnar is a giant baby who also fights in real life. Yes. I love Danielle's descriptions. <laughs> this is wonderful. Um, so, okay, yeah. Roman Reigns won the title from a departing Brock Lesnar. Uh, and his next program was to be put against Braun Strowman. Uh, and it was set up like, okay, Braun Strowman is a guy we all like versus Roman Reigns, a guy we're kind of maybe liking a little bit now. And... Since uh, apparently Vince McMahon doesn't like babyface versus babyface programs, he decided to turn the wrong guy heel. And so in his turning of Braun Strowman heel, he's got uh, Braun Strowman, this guy who was previously known as destroying everybody around him. He's destroyed various parts of buildings. He's flipped over trucks. Um, he lived in an ambulance for a month and nobody said why. And he popped out to murder somebody, basically. And we cheered all this on. And now he's teaming with people. Um, and he's not beating them up like he's 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 going about life now as if he needs people to help him fight. And it doesn't make any sense for his character. Yeah, well, because Romans. Yeah, he's got like these two friends who hang out with him. But and so yeah, but he's never had friends. He's always eaten his friends. He's never had friends. Yeah. He just ate people. What, what, I mean, so, so, I mean, I, uh, I don't know. I was, I, you, the way you're describing it is like somebody trying to beat a level on Doom and uh, uh, Gandhi style without firing a shot or something like uh mm -hmm. Like uh, I, 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 it does sound. It sounds like you're frustrated with the mushy middle, where it's just like, well, what is it? Yes, yes, because what the wrestling business has always been kind of built on is, uh, it's like, it's like, it's, it's built on these archetypes. It's like theater. It's like you know, you have you have the hero's journey, but you kind of have to want the hero to win. And typically, in wrestling history, when we've rejected a hero, they turn him into a villain, and that always works. And here, they kind of got it backwards. 
And um, I think it's, it just feels like a confusion permeating this angle. And since this is the main event angle, it kind of permeates a lot of the show. So how much of that do you think happens in the writer's room versus how much of it happens with the performance in the moment? Because there's this beautiful blend of improvisation and, and, and also, you know, skilled acrobatics and everything happening. How, how much of it, where do you lay the blame for your frustration at this point? Well, what happens in the writer's room is that writers will work on on angles and storylines for months. And then right before the curtain hits and someone's supposed to go out, um, uh, an old man comes down from a castle and changes everything. Oh, is, is, is this the, the meta meta story about Vince McMahon? Yeah, yes. this is him. <laughs> so he'll just come and change everything. And I should note that Roman, the reason that they are keeping him this baby-faced good guy right now, he has reunited with his two best friends um, who all wear uh, flak jackets and uh, they all dress like a SWAT team. And that, that SWAT team is hugely popular. And so... You almost wish, I don't know, for me, I guess I would have preferred, I know that, I don't mind if it's face versus face if it's two people who are really going after something. Right. Because um, that's enough motivation just going after the title. Just going after the title is enough motivation. I don't need it to necessarily be it has to be face heel, face heel for everything. Um, but with Braun, we've already established that he could straight up throw a house at somebody. Right. So for him to now need to hide behind a locker room full of people, I understand that that elevates the shield and reminds us um, of how good these you know SWAT flak jacket friendos are. But... Um, he's never needed it before, and if he's a bad guy, why isn't he just breaking their necks? Right, and and he threw he 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 threw a literal like ambulance on Roman like that yeah. has happened. Before. He's tried to kill him. Um, and to just to add on to Daniel's answer to your to your question, Brian, uh, it for for many years, um, there was more of a blend of improvisation that happened, uh, where. When it came to uh, cutting promos, you know, the you know what they say in the ring, um, the wrestlers were given bullet points, like go out there and say this and put it in your own words. Um, and even the same with how the matches were plotted out previously, it'd be like, OK, um, this is the finish we want. You guys go out there and, and make the match happen. Uh, now things are very, very, very tightly scripted. Um, almost every word that they say is is written and memorized. And uh, a lot of the matches are plotted out by backstage producers, kind of move for move. Um, so all all of my frustration lies squarely with the creative team and the old man that runs it. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess it uh, it increasingly is like, um, uh, uh, hey man, it's not like Saturday Night Live. It's like The Simpsons. It's like uh, yeah. you know, you can't you can't blame the animators for improvising right. wrong on, on a Simpsons script. Exactly. Right, and, and everyone who works there is obviously super talented, and we love them. All. You know, I, and I do. I have I have an appreciation for Roman. I think he's a hard worker. I Me think too. He's great. I think this match. I think it's still going to be good, um, because when you get those two together in a ring, I think something very good and very interesting is going to happen. So I'm still excited for the match itself. I think it's going to be good. I do agree that I'm a little ee on the run up, but I'm going to give it a, a chance because, um, you know, all I do is hope with one hand and. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm more I'm more on the solid cynic side of the room, and um, I can just tell by what they're spooning me right now what they're going to give me a huge helping of later. 
So for me, something I'm super excited about, um, I am still very much in on this Becky storyline. I like it. Which is great. So um, Charlotte Flair is Ric Flair's daughter. She is um, amazing and super athletic. They um, used to talk a lot about her genetic superiority. Luckily, they figured out that when you got two blonde folks, maybe don't uh, do that. <laughs> uh, I mean, one of her moves is natural selection. It's fine. We're fine. And so she had this best friend who was this um, amazing fire-haired Irish pun-slinging arm-breaking lass. And they were really good friends. Everyone really liked them together. And this is another thing where I'm distilling a longer story because, sure. as you know, from wrestling isn't wrestling, these things go on for decades if they can. And uh, what's interesting is like um, what feels like the third act of one story is really the first act of the next story. Absolutely. 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 And so... Um, now, Becky has decided that out of these, you know, there were these women called the Four Horsemen, which were Becky and Charlotte and um, my wife, Sasha Banks, and <laughs> Bailey. My wife. Are, my wife. And so uh, three of them were brought up together. You know, several of them have done really, really well or not so well at different times. Becky has always seemed like one that was very, very talented, but never quite got the same amount of steam or promo as maybe some of the rest of them. Even Bailey had a little bit more of a shine on her than, than Becky did at one point. And um, so they finally had Becky turn heel and heel Becky is the best thing in the entire world. And yesterday, has she ever been a, a heel up until this point? She was always baby face. She's been a heel several times, and she's been great at it, but she's been a baby face for a while now. Yeah, I don't think she's been a heel on the main roster. Not on the main roster. Yeah, only so on she NXT. was a heel in, yeah. in the developmental. And y'all uh, will let us know if we're wrong on that. Yeah. And so she did one of my favorite things in wrestling, which is she put on her full-on Clarkisha Kent and went in the crowd with glasses and a dark wig so she could come out. I, I, I'm looking at the animated gif of that exact moment right now. <laughs> and so here's the, like, like was it was it totally transparent uh, the whole time no. or was that a surprise? No, I mean, as far as I was watching the match, they never called attention to this audience member at all. So I didn't I didn't see her there until she yeah. she and sometimes they and will. her in the face. Sometimes they will do that where they'll keep showing someone and be like, who's this mysterious person to kind of like really sell it to you but in this case like you would have had to really been paying attention to the crowd and for the most part unless someone's doing something really stupid we're not doing that um so it was really sudden and it was really cool and so that was something i loved mega this week another thing that i really loved there was um that match this week um that was ronda rousey and natalia versus um who cares it's alexa and, bliss and... yeah it was alexa bliss and mickey james right. Great match. The important part of that match was Foxy's fucking outfit. Oh, it was fucking wonderful. It was amazing. What, what, like, what, what, how do you even describe that? It, it, it looks um, like, a, 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 if I'm looking at the right one, it looks like a, those, uh, what are they, fleur de lis uh, all up and down with, yes. with, with see through sparkles and stuff? Oh my gosh. It was amazing. Her hat. The hat. The hat. God damn it. Sparkly. It, 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 this is one of those things where I'm like, yes, that's her. Yeah. That's her. If you're not going to have her wrestle, then you put her in those Cardi B ass outfits. Yeah. And you have her come out. It's fashion week every week. It's fashion week every week. Oh. Um, and that's just one of those things that, you know, I don't know how many other podcasts are going to OD out on how <laughs> amazing um, Foxy looked. Um, and if, and Brian, for you, she's another performer who has been um, working with the WWE forever. Woefully, woefully 
underappreciated. If you can look it up, she has what in my opinion is the most beautiful Aurora Light suplex. I kind of want it to see it in that outfit, but I don't know if that will work. You're such a pervert, didn't you? Not like that. Yes, it was. Like I didn't know. I just, just think that it would admit be, it. It would be so beautiful. She does look less. I, maybe that's why I said she looks like the Aurora Borealis. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's amazing. She's she's sparkling. I just I don't know. I just feel like that's really like that look is really speaking to me on her. Mm. So yeah. Is there any other kind of wrestle love you want to bring up? Oh, no, I'm fine. I mostly hated things. I really, look, <laughs> this is the thing. That's, All, I mean, you know, we know how this dynamic works right now. Yeah, but I just feel like it, they're just so, they're just they're just all the way back to not getting it. I really do feel like they've just let it come all the way back around. And Because and, I felt so good with Brock finally leaving. As much as I was on that train uh, with with Brock Lesnar being a champ and and never being on television and Brian once again Brock human child in the shape of a man yeah um, yep. and you know with him moving on and me feeling like okay they can actually get the main event scene kind of moving again and move some pieces around like I'm I was excited for that but just it's they keep coming back to this tone deaf thing and and it's just like it's I don't know it's the kind of thing that after a while it just it really starts to mess with my fandom because it makes me feel like there's nothing that I'll be able to look forward to because they won't let anything that I like actually happen. Oh, I understand the frustration. I think I get I just I have more hope. I have way more hope than you. Where I'm... do you find it? Where do you continue to find it? Third star go left straight on till morning. Um, if you've got any <laughs> thoughts on everything we've talked about, let us know about them at facebook.com slash group slash tights fights and at tights fights on Twitter and Instagram. After the break, it's time to look into the musical history of Eddie Guerrero. That's coming up on Tights and Fights. This is NASA. Uh, I see a flat Earth, but we should lie to everybody about it and say it's round 10-4. Maximum Fun brings you the latest podcast, an expose on the flat Earth. I want to take advantage of humankind and make them believe a lie so that they will trust us with the government. It's all an elaborate lie, and when you get on a plane, they purposefully fly you farther than you need to go. It's disgusting. It needs to be stopped. And if you listen to Ono, Ross, and Carrie, we will tell you the truth behind the lies. Just kidding. kidding. No, we no. won't do that. We will just tell you the truth behind the truth because what we do is we look at extraordinary claims. That's right. We've gone undercover with alternative medical treatments, fringe religious groups, fringe science claims, the spiritual paranormal. We're there to check it out and let you know what happens. Is the Queen Mary haunted? I don't know. Find out. We show up. We make friends. We learn what happens when you ask questions and we tell you all about it. And we get all that funky stuff done to us. It's Ono Ross and Carrie at MaximumFun.org. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Bites. Welcome back to Tyson Bites. I'm Danielle Radford and I'm joined today by Michael Eagle and Brian Brushwood. Yay! Entrance music is one of the most important parts of being a wrestler, and so we like to spotlight how one wrestler's music evolved with their career in a segment we call Ringtones. One cell, this on. I'm gonna figure out a, a specialized twerk to that old DX song. It's so a, a specialized cool. twerk. A specialized. Oh twerk yeah, to you that. got it. Yo, you know Lizzo, get on it. Yeah, um. <laughs> she, she can play it on the flute while she's twerking. 
you, you just you you found the way into my heart. <laughs> yeah, we could have her on. I wonder if she likes wrestling. I was trying to think of what a specialized twerk looks like, and and all I could come up was the Konami code, like up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Actually, oh man, a Konami code twerk. Up, up, down, yeah, that's down. good. Wow, wow. I'm trying. I'm like figuring yeah, it out. Yeah, doing it like right here. It's good. A, B, select, start. <laughs> I think I did it. I think I found I think, it. I think you got it. <laughs> Sometimes we should tape this podcast. Um, yeah. Viva la raza. This segment is devoted to the music of Latino heat Eddie Guerrero. Um, he died much too soon, but he still had an incredible career and is widely regarded as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Um, so now what does everyone think about Eddie? Um, for me... You know, I didn't, and, and this is something we've talked about. I was never like a huge WCW kid. Mm-hmm. I watched some of it. Um, so when they came in, um, it was him and uh, Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit uh, and uh, Perry Saturn. Um, you said it just went, yeah. and then Perry Saturn. Um, oh, that was weird. Um, got colder in here. So um, when they came in as the new radicals, I didn't know as much. And you know, I, th- I think I was with some dude at the time. I'm always with some dude. Um, <laughs> but he was very excited about it, and I was like, tight. And so I didn't know a lot about them, but even when they came in, it was super apparent to me immediately that like Eddie was, you know, they all had different things that they brought, excuse me, like, you know, technical skill or, you know, and then they were all very talented people, but like Eddie was very much like he had it, right? you know, and he was like the heart of that group and he had he had like the, the that thing where you just can't stop staring at him because he's so talented and he's so good on the mic. And so um, I followed and then I went back and started rewatching some of those old WCW matches just so I can get an idea of like who this dude was. Mm-hmm. So and, uh, when you do that, uh, you uh, just uh, like everything's got to be on YouTube, right? Is there is there a need for I mean, I guess if you want current stuff, you would get the uh, WWE subscription, but everything else you can find the old stuff is just up on YouTube. These days, yeah, for sure. Back then, it was definitely like, who got this tape? Who got that tape? Who taped this? Who taped that? Um, but yeah, now, definitely everything, you'd be able to find it on YouTube if you want to uh, check it out. Um, it might be backwards and sl- and slower. Yeah, and it might be a weird graphic box around it and yeah, <laughs> pitch down a little bit. <laughs> Latino heat. <laughs> um, but it's but it's definitely there. <laughs> or faster. Eddie Guerrero, Latino heat. Um, now I just sound like King. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I, you know, I think if you know if you look at wrestlers as Pokemon, I think two thousands. Um, you know, Eddie Guerrero. What did they make the jump? Was it oh two? Uh, I, I love the idea of wrestlers as Pokemon. I'd like to believe that they just live in the wild and you have to <laughs> them, pin them down, throw them in the ring. Yeah, that's just what PWG is. Yeah, but <laughs> but I, I'd certainly think that when he uh, when they all went to WWF or E or whatever it was at the moment, and then uh, his character started to develop, to develop is when we really got his final form because he always had the athleticism. Mm-hmm. But this was when he finally got to put it together with the charisma. And he had charisma just 
in spades. Just more like so much more charisma than most other performers that we saw. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just coming out of him from every pore is right. charisma. Um, and of course, he had that. Really great, but now looking back, not kind of problematic, but they worked well together. That run with China, yeah. um, the Mamacita run. Right. Um, the where he... kind of Pepe Le Pew sexual harassed her until they, yeah. until, until she liked him. Um, not great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Eddie Guerrero being Eddie, he takes whatever you give him and he makes it shine. And them together were great. Yeah. It just, you almost wish it was like not quite that. As weird and As problematic weird yeah. and problematic Eddie Guerrero yeah street harassing China until <laughs> she becomes his bud and then of course there was you know the, the we lie we, we cheat we steal um, which was another kind of yeah problematic but like when it's Eddie he had a way of taking those things which under anyone else it's like oh oof, and just spinning it into gold and making it magic that Brian, was did you did talent. you follow Eddie's stuff no, uh, as a matter of fact, I, I just popped open the, uh, the the Wikipedia reading the story on here. Uh, but uh, you know, the mere fact that you know, like so many other wrestlers, they died too young made me think of. Uh, yeah. uh, have you guys read um, the Squared Circle by David Shoemaker? The it's a, I've never read that book. No, it's really great. Uh, the audiobook is read by R.C. Bray, the same guy who read The Martian. Um, it's it's way way good and and you know heartbreaking, uh, really in- incredible stuff. Yeah, that's great. It was like, you know, it reminds me of Dead Wrestler of the Week they used right. to do on Deadspin, which was like, hmm. Um, <laughs> fact, that's, that's the same guy. That's the, yeah, the, the yeah. Guy that, yeah. Um, and so, uh, Mike, what about you? What were your impressions of Eddie? Well, yeah, I, I just always loved him. Uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of his particular uh, execution of the mullet, uh, where it was kind of rat-tailing. Right. I'm a big fan of that. Um, and uh, it, it, it's funny, if you ever listen to uh, Something to Wrestle with, Bruce Pritchard, they, you hear that behind the scenes they used to refer to him as uh, the Mexican Shawn Michaels, yeah. which, uh, you yep. know, out of context might sound kind of weird, but but it's a really, really high compliment. And I speak, it, I think it speaks to how many different styles he could work. He could mm. do just anything. Um, like the way that he got the light sheet steel gimmick over, as like you said, problematic as that was, was that they would find a new way for him to cheat in every match that we would never even imagine. Yep, could even that's be exactly. A thing. It's it's a way of his showing off his intelligence. Right. It's like show you know it wasn't just he lies, he cheats, he steals because he's like a dirty scumbag. It's like no, I'm smarter than you. Why are right. you working so hard? Right. Oh, I can work that hard, and I will if I have to. But why not when I can innovate? <laughs> Every time and, and have a, a different finish to a match that we've never even seen before. Like mm-hmm. every time, it was great. It was fantastic. Um, so what we're going to do now is go through Eddie's career through his music. We're going to start with a track from WCW. He was a cruiserweight champion for a number of years, but Eddie really started to elevate his game when he founded the Latino World Order. All right. Just all all music of this era sounded just like this. This is fucking Jimmy Hart doing a lowrider arrangement. <laughs> I promise, like, he didn't even study. He, he just, like, listened to the Friday soundtrack and was like, I got it. The Cisco kid was a friend. It's too good. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. You got to do that next time you're on the road. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, Jimmy Hart, man. The guy can synthesize anything. We 
he can take the most beautiful things and just turn it midi. And I appreciate it. <laughs> right. He was chiptunes before chiptunes. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, somebody says, uh, I want something that feels a blank, 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 and blank. And then, so, and then the response is like, but also would work in a porno, right? <laughs> 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 oh man! Oh, after that, he moved on to WWF at the time. Yeah, I could. I this was all around that weird panda shit, so I can never remember. After that, he moved on to WWF, where he debuted with Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, and Perry Saturn as the Radicals. So this this is the Radicals music. This is the Radicals. Oh, this is exciting. This is. I, you could take any guy from NXT and have him walk out to this music, and I wouldn't know who it was. That's true. It's good. This is this is when Jim Johnston was just really like killing it at just let me think of a riff for this guy. Yo, you know? he um he really embraced rock. So so were all of these uh, picked off the shelf or custom written for them? Um, I would imagine that they were custom. Uh, well, actually, okay, let's say the Jimmy Hart one. I think is. I mean, I, I I'm I'm assuming Jimmy Hart wrote that first LWO. Uh, Latino World Order arrangement with Houston WCW because Jimmy Hart was doing most of the music back then and that and sounds it, pretty yeah. tailored. And it does also sound very much like what you would get if you tried to do something that sounded but wasn't exactly like NWO and right. had like, you know, some some Latin w- What a white dude would think yeah. Latin flair. <laughs> Man, that's it. Like, like uh, oh. now we live in a world where it's like you can get that made on Fiverr for, for five bucks. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. For I mean, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a Patreon reward now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your, own, your own theme music. <laughs> Fucking Task Rabbit. Um, <laughs> but now, now, that, now that Radicals won, and Jim Johnson kind of had this way about this where uh, like he mostly worked in riffs and uh, they could either be like super great dead on or they could be kind of generic. I, and I'm guess listening to that one, it does kind of fall on a generic side, but it does give you the sense of these four kind of invading guys that are being kind of put over as this force at that time, too. Yeah, it does definitely make them sound like hard. And it's tough. also kind of in the same vein, like you say, NWO. I'm thinking like that's kind of in the same vein as the Undisputed Era. Like just these guys who yeah. are just kind of just there to maybe like, that's not play why, by the rules type of thing. Maybe that's why know? it sounds so NXT to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or or even hell, I know this will be sacrilege, but it sounds a little Bullet Clubish the way like like the way that they just have that riff that goes through. You know? No, I get yeah, it. Bullet Club music kind of stinks. I'll say it <laughs> if, if, if nobody else does. They're great. Their music is not great. There you go. The actual music critic and actual person who knows music better than any of us said it, guys. Yeah. Not me. Come at me. I don't care. <laughs> don't at him. At me. It's fine. Um, so next, um, again, diving into the problematic era, we've got his partnership with China when he started using the Latino Heat moniker. Latino Ooh. Yeesh, that sounds. Sit on the nose. <laughs> Sorry, what kind of heat was that again? I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, you know what? The slaps though. <laughs> oh, man. Like if if the words were different. Yeah, because I don't know if I could groove to Latino like that. No, I don't know. no, no. But this is like it's not this. This sounds like Conan wrote it. I bet he did. <laughs> just fucking, just fucking Conan and Vampiro yeah. just sitting back. Ian's like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Again, if it was two different words. God, can, can you imagine any comic book hero coming in like, I'm Superman. I'm really super. Also, I'm a man. I'm Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Superman. 
Yeah, you I gotta, mean, you gotta. I don't know. They should have added. They should have had at least a lyric. They did. Yeah, he song, rapped. Like, he was oh, rapping. Oh, I guess there was something yeah, going they do on. Some it was rapping. just drowned out by saying Latino heat. I mean, look. Speaking of superheroes, he was the vibe of wrestlers at this point. True. <laughs> That's a reference that only the podcast listeners will get, and I'm proud I made it. <laughs> um, so Eddie actually left the WWE for a while because of personal issues, but when he came back, he was quickly paired with Chavo Guerrero to form Los Guerrero's tag team and helped coin the phrase, lie, cheat, and steal. Viva la raza! Oh, yeah, I remember this I mean, music. This, this slaps, too. This gave me a little bit of the Eddie Goosebumps right here. I know. No, I felt it in the back. It's giving me sadness ASMR. Yeah. There you go. Turn the lyrics up, right? Yeah, let's hear Whose cousin is this? Oh, I like that one. I, and I always, I always was a little bothered by the light sheet steel thing, just because, you know, I, I think it was probably also around like the era of crime time. Yeah, there was know. a lot of like, why are all the brown people? Yeah, why are we all gonna be criminals? Remember back when we were all like pro us, and, yeah. and, and now we all in jail or whatever. You know who else was against the lie and cheat and steal gimmick? Who was? Eddie Guerrero. Yep. He hated it. He thought it was, when, when they was... first presented it to him, yeah, he thought it was the worst idea in the world and thought it was disrespectful to the Guerrero name, but mm, it was right, one of those they things. Were, they were because heroes. They are kings. They're like they, yeah. are, they are the family of Mexican wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, that is... The, uh, these last two songs uh, seem to be, uh, these are around the turn of the century, right around the time, like, um, they sound so much, or they remind me, they're reminiscent of the the theme music for uh, for The Shield. Uh, and I, I wonder if that was an intentional thing. The Shield, the, the television show, The Shield? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh. Uh, yeah. Interesting. I don't remember what that what that song sounded like. You're gonna make me do an acapella version. Oh yes, yes, yes. And then Vic Mackey lies and gets away with it. That's good. That is good. Yeah, no, we gotta loop that. That's gonna be our theme music next week. Um, so that music, the lie, cheat, and steal music, was also the music he kept through his WWE championship reign. And so Eddie was one half of the tag team champions with Rey Mysterio. But they still wrestled against each other as a tag team, which started as a friendly competition. But Eddie kept losing to Rey, and that eventually pushed him to turn heel, where he changed his music once again. Can you feel the heat? No, made it base here. Well, that's what they always do. When they turn someone heel, they're immediately like, throw some stank on it. <laughs> Where is the stank button? Where are those heel 808s? <laughs> 808 and heel turns. That does sound slightly more sinister. Ooh. Well, I like that Eddie's rhyme. Not, Eddie's... Eddie had money and a house and stuff. <laughs> like, I would be a little bit mad, too, if they're like, okay, Danielle, you're going to talk about how you're from the ghetto, and it's like, I live in Koreatown. What are you talking about? You know, he was such a great scumbag heel, though, when oh. he was really turning He's that up. He's the top. He is, like, uh, I would say, uh, 
Uh, for me, I would say he is my top scumbag heel. Like when he when 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 he wasn't at anger with Ray Mysterio, when he was fucking with Ray's family, and he just was the ultimate. He tried to sleeve. steal his child. Oh, uh, why? What? And it, was, <laughs> what? And it seemed like the kind of thing that went way past like, oh, I'm just trying to get in your head. He's like, no, that's my child. <laughs> like Jesus Christ, Eddie. <laughs> Where the hell is Vicky? Um, <laughs> so Eddie would eventually go back to the classic Light, Sheet, and Steel music, but there's one other track that isn't as well known that Eddie only used as a heel that we're going to close out on. He got paged again. Ooh. I feel like I remember this. That hand clap is so weirdly programmed. Yeah, you know, is it, like all I can hear is what sounds like um, the Humpty Dance. The do, I do. This is music made by someone who claps on the ones and threes, Mike. Yeah. I don't know what to tell that you. That one little clap is on like the like. one and a half. Man, it's weird. <laughs> oh. You hear that little clap? Yeah. That's terrible. Oh, Mike, it's so Drag much. and drop that into the trash. <laughs> oh, God, that's offensive. <laughs> like, even beyond all the racial shit. I didn't get up out of my chair until I heard a wrongly placed clap. <laughs> Light, cheat, and steal, Mike was like, <laughs> Light, cheat, and steal, Mike was like, I don't, Mike, I don't know, I don't know if I like this, but he hears that clap and he's like, I am leaving. Yeah, no, that was, that hurt my soul. <laughs> Um, any final thoughts on Eddie or his music before we wrap up this edition of Ringtones? Uh, you know, it, it kind of makes me wish that we had heard some a version of music for him that wasn't so directly tied to ethnicity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If we could have just gotten what the what the essential melody of an Eddie Guerrero would have sounded like, that might have been a cool kind of thing to hear. Or even know? like tie it to tie it to like. Because his family is so mm-hmm. ingrained in the tradition of Mexican wrestling, tie it to his heritage. Just don't be like, I'm Mexican and I steal shit. <laughs> like, right. Just if we could just not, and we can just like not, if we can not. Right. <laughs> oh. Brian, you, th- you, you have any thoughts about Eddie Guerrero? Man, I, I, I tell you what, man, I love this segment, though. It's like a time machine. I mean, yeah. you, you can, uh, uh, it, it's it's almost like it's a commentary, not on the wrestler themselves, but uh, but on just the times. Right, exactly. And, and pop culture and what's happening with music. Because they, especially in the WWE, because they're such a global company, uh, they do have to be dialed into all of that. Like yeah. in every era, they kind of have to know how music sounds. They have to know how production sounds. And um, yeah, in every era, you do hear a little bit of what's going on in the world in the theme music too. All right. So if you've got any thoughts on the week in wrestling, please keep the conversation going on our episode page at facebook.com slash group slash tights fights and at tights fights on Twitter and Instagram. Coming back from the break, we're going to talk about three things in wrestling we loved this week on the three count. Come back to tights and fights, or whatever. Or don't. I mean, you, you know, you're 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 the architect of your own reality. It's your call, you guys. If you wanna, I'm not here to tell you what to do. Do your own homework. <laughs> Hi, I'm Vince, and I'm Teresa, and we host One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. Whether you are a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. Turns out it isn't what we thought it would be. For example, stickers on car windows? 
It's no longer about what type of monster would let that happen, and more like realizing you are that monster. So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Download One Bad Mother on MaximumFun.org or Apple Podcasts. And yes, there will be swears. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Bites. Welcome back to Tyson Fights. I'm Danielle Radford, and I'm joined today in the booth by Michael Eagle. And hello, I'm Brian. Brian. Um, so once a week, we love to share things that we loved about pro wrestling with you. We call this the three count. Ah! That was close to what I say, right? <laughs> All right. So guests go first. Brian, what would you like to put over this week? I'm going to double down. I mentioned it earlier, The Squared Circle, uh, specifically the audiobook on Audible, uh, written by David Shoemaker, who wrote the blog uh, 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 Dead Wrestler of the Week on Deadspin. Uh, it's fantastic. It's it's compelling. It's it's harrowing and uh, gives you a, a deeper context for everything. It takes you through various eras in wrestling. It's amazing. He also does The Masked Man Show, in which yep. I've been a guest a couple times, and he's a great guy. So shout out to David in general. Yeah, Masked Man Show is pretty fun. Yeah. I never know how to ask to be on things. I, I, you oh. know what? I, I, I got a tip. I got a tip. Unironic fan letter. Like, just write someone and tell them how much you like their stuff. And it's astonishing how quickly they ask you to be on it. Oh, you mean vulnerability? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh. Heike, no. <laughs> you mean be a person and show yeah. my feet? Ooh, and show, like, the deep, dark, nope. No, good. We're, all, we're all trauma kids around here. <laughs> <laughs> we got to dig out of a hole to... <laughs> It it suddenly goes silent. You guys start laughing and go, nerd. (laughs) Yeah, I do comedy. I ain't doing that. Um, (laughs) Mike, what would you like to put over for this week? Um, So we know that there's been many different developmental territories to WWE over time. And one of the most famous ones is Ohio Valley Wrestling, or OVW. Uh, Lately, it's come across my desk that they still do a weekly television show that they upload to YouTube uh, every week for their current... uh, stars and performers in that territory and they are nearing their thousandth episode um, wow so they're on like 993 now or 994 i think and um it's a lot of good stuff a lot of a lot of good guys I, it's 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 good to see independent wrestling in a small room that's not just like everybody we're used to seeing all the time on all the shows it yeah. actually felt good to see like oh this is some some new talent developing and maybe some people will see um We'll see blow up later. And there's one guy with a really bad gimmick, but I don't. I don't he's I don't, new. Yeah, I don't he's know. learning. I think he. I, uh, I hope he learned. Well, I think he looks like he's been around for a minute. Oh no, because I like to. Be, I was gonna be like, you know, it's like with open micers, like you know, just give them room to fail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a guy doing a rap gimmick down there, man. I don't know. Ugh. Yo yo yo! I'm the rapper your mobs told you about. The only one in the game. Eminem's too afraid to call out. I'm hotter than rocks. Word. Sicker than chicken pie. Word. There's no vaccine for me neither. But anyway, uh, OVW, um, you can see it on YouTube and check it out. It's been good. 
Awesome. All right. And for me, um, I am putting over something uh, super awesome and I that killed me, destroyed me on SmackDown this week. Um, so during a se- this this segment starts with the new day on commentary while uh, Big E is pretending to cook pancakes, which is the first best part. And then we get a special report from a new reporter, Kramer Kingsman. Take it away, Kramer. I'm Kramer Kingsman, reporting here live with one of the teams that will test their temperament here tonight as they find out who's going to take on the tag team title holders at Hell in a Cell. you got to say it like that, otherwise it just doesn't count. <laughs> and here they are. It's the bar in their natural habitat. And the WWE Universe has an itch, and they want it scratched. They want to know, is it going to be a happy Rusev day? Or will the bar make like expired milk and spoil everybody's fun? <laughs> I just love when like they, <clears throat> with the New Day, they do things that can seem like they get ran into the ground. And I know it's not because they're running out of ideas um, because they have ideas all the time. But I always get excited when they introduce something new. Um, so I, I am excited to see where else um, we get Kramer Kingsman. Um, and I'm excited for a year from now when we're tired of Kramer Kingsman. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, I enjoy it because Kofi looks like he is having a fucking blast. And that's the thing about uh, w- about them is that even if um, a gimmick or whatever they're doing at the time seems like it's being overdone, they always seem like they're having so much fun that you can't help but have fun. So... That does it for Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. This week, our hosts were Mike Eagle and Brian Brushwood, along with me, Danielle Radford. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything you want to put over for our audience? Anything you want to sell? Head on over to The Modern Rogue. Me and my buddy Jason Murphy are on a quest to become the ultimate gentleman, warrior, and scoundrel. Basically, if Houdini, James Bond, and MacGyver had a baby, it would have two heads and be in their 40s. And uh, it's uh, (laughs) worth watching. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, Mike, is there anything you want to put out? Uh, I got tour dates. Um, tour dates. Catch me uh, at, well, catch me on the internet first at Mike underscore Eagle on Twitter, and all my stuff is posted there in terms of rap show dates. Uh, I do a tour that starts on the East Coast, then I go to Europe and then come back and do uh, the West Coast and uh, down to Texas in the States. So, um, to find out about any of that at Mike underscore Eagle on Twitter and buy a rap show ticket. Yes, buy a rap show ticket. Um, for me, once again, as y'all know, I have started a Patreon. I've launched it. I want to thank everyone so much who's been super supportive of it. Um, it makes my my little heart smile because I didn't think I was going to get any patrons. And so every time someone shows up, I'm super happy. Um, my tears, I'm trying to keep them super reasonable. I think they are. Um, I would say that probably, uh, so there's a $1 where I will like, uh, draw some names out of a hat for like a name for me for for a day or um, I'll shout you guys out on Twitter the best friends tier which is three dollars and that's the one where you get all that stuff plus I do a weekly live chat um, even if I'm in there by myself I'll just keep chatting because sometimes people are shy and they just want to read and they don't want to necessarily join in I understand that completely so even if you think that there's a you might be the only one that's in there you're not there's people in there who just uh, they're shy and they don't want to talk I will do all the talking for us I'm y'all know um, and then and the number five tier, which is Best Friends Forever, and that's the one where we're going to start doing a monthly movie night live stream. I'm still figuring out the logistics on that. If not, it might turn into a chat until I can figure out my laptop situation, but I think it's going to be okay, fine, and I'll start um, telling y'all when that's going to happen. And again, thank you all so much for being so incredibly 
supportive. Our producer is fledgling Pokemon master Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is also the voice behind our theme music as well, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long at facebook.com slash group slash tightsfights and at tightsfights on Twitter and on Instagram. If you love the show, remember to hit those five stars in Apple Podcasts and share us with all of your friends. Thank you so much to all of the Max Fun members who make this show possible. We'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tides and Bites Podcast. Tides and Bites. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.